Hello, everyone. This is Tim Finan, host of Inside Milford. This week, we bring you an interview with Mac-based director Jason Johnson. Jason shares his perspective on the two Warren articles concerning Mac-based that will be on the ballot next Tuesday. Jason discusses these issues and responds to certain points that were raised by Captain Craig Fry on his podcast regarding the same topic a couple of weeks back. We hope the listeners are able to listen to both of these podcasts, get their perspective, and make an educated vote next Tuesday. With that, I bring you Mac-based director Jason Johnson. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our latest episode of Grantown Media's Inside Milford. My guest this week is Jason Johnson, the director. Do you have, is that the, the your title, director? That is the correct title. The director of the Milford Area Communications Center, uh, better known as MacBase. Uh, we're here today to hopefully talk a little bit about the two Warren articles that will be on the ballot next week and you know relieve some misinformation and... Uh, that may be between the two questions to help the voters make a choice when they pull the curtain in the in the booth. Uh, so welcome, Jason. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So why don't we just start with just tell people a little bit about yourself, how long you've been here, what you, what your job actually is, because I don't even sure. know that, know what, what your director, what being the director of MacBase really encompasses. Okay, the director of MacBase is actually kind of a unique job uh, where we are an intermunicipal agency. We don't exist other than for the signatures from the three member towns, Milford, Wilton, and Mont Vernon. Uh, Lineborough came to us as a customer. So we exist as a mini version of a municipality. You know, we are a quasi-municipal agency. Our employees enjoy the benefits of state retirement. We do participate in that. We have for the past 17 years. Actually, I'm sorry. I think it's 19 years now that we've participated in state retirement. Um, through your organization, through not, not through any town. Not through any one town. The employees here are employees of the Milford Area Communications Center. They do not work for any one municipality. Uh, that said, plenty of them have second jobs that do work for the municipalities that we serve. Uh, we have a number of people here who work for the fire service. We have a number of people here who work for the ambulance service here. Um, we also have, at the moment, one active police officer and a couple of retired ones. Um, but my job is to run everything day-to-day at MacBase. Um, chef, cook, and bottle washer. If it's a payroll matter, it comes to me. If it's a human resources and benefits administration matter, it comes to me. If it's an issue with how we handle our services on a day-to-day basis, uh, whether it's a question from a citizen, a question from one of the department heads about how we change our procedures, those things also come through me. Um, from me, on the trickle-down end of things, I have a captain that works directly under me, and he handles uh, primary supervision of the dispatch center as far as that goes, uh, whereas in my case, going upward from there, now I report to the Board of Governors, which is composed of one member each from each of our communities uh, for the members. Uh, captain Fry as you had on your prior podcast, is our Milford Board of Governors rep. Chief Wilson, the fire chief up in Mont Vernon, is our Mont Vernon rep. And Chief Eric Olson over at Wilton PD is our Wilton rep. 
Town of Lineborough has the ability to have an advisory role on the Board of Governors as a customer, uh, but they don't have any voting rights as far as that goes. All right, great. So uh, why don't we just update briefly, why why are we here? Um, I'm guessing, but I don't know for a fact, that you don't dispute the issues that are being had. But why don't you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, why don't you describe what's, what is the, what are the problems and why are we where we are? Well, we, we've gotten to where we are through a number of issues. Part of it is not funding upgrades that MacBase has recommended over the years. Um, during my tenure as director here, I've been director since, 2000, since uh, November of 2011, I have pushed for updating a lot of our equipment. Uh, a lot of our equipment is very outdated as far as that goes. Um, technology has changed an awful lot just in the past 10 years. So there are definitely some improvements that could be made. Uh, we're working on doing some backbone improvements to our system. We did pursue when we were awarded a grant for $182,000 through Homeland Security that was approved in 2016 uh, to begin work in 2018 uh, for a microwave system uh, that's going to be owned by the town of Mont Vernon in this case. Uh, at the time, our, I polled our three towns to see who was applying for grants through uh, Homeland at that time. And Milford had something. I don't recall exactly what it was. Uh, Wilton was in a difficult position on a records-keeping side of things, so Mont Vernon ended up being our, our best bet for uh, reaching out to that. Mm -hmm. um, but the microwaves were designed as a backbone for an improved communication system. Um, our current system, uh, we operate a variety of transmit and receive sites throughout the towns uh, to cover various pockets that have challenges. Um, part of the things that have changed as far as where we have challenges, yes, narrow banding was mentioned during Captain Fry's podcast interview, and that changed things for a lot of agencies. Um, it changed things in the fire service. It changed things in the police service. It changed a number of things as far as that goes. Um, so that did change some things, but again, keeping up with the technology has always been the challenge and funding it. When it comes down to budgetary matters, we have our regular board of governors, but when it's budget season, we also get an individual selectman's rep from each town added into the mix so that there's an additional voice, um, for what each town supports or doesn't support and what ultimately gets funded. As you're aware, we are a vendor for the towns. Um, as such, you know, we are a contractual service. The differences between us and, say, the company you hire to pave the roads is you never get a refund from them. In our case, if we don't spend the money, we give it back to the individual communities, the same proportion that it was paid to us. Is that by law, by that the by ICA? Okay. That is by our intermunicipal agreement. Okay. Um, for example, I did have somebody actually ask me how much money MacBase has returned to the town of Milford over the past 10 years. And the answer is right around a quarter of a million dollars. That's a, why would that be, though? Is it just well, you, you don't over budget? I'm sure you nope, don't do that. Is we don't just... over budget. Part of it, there's a couple of things. Uh, one, where we get one bite at the apple, we have to budget for eventualities um, if we're short staffed. 
we have to look at the probable health plan of an as yet unknown employee. Mm -hmm. And if that position stays vacant, then that's money that we're not spending month to month to month. Uh, same way that if we have an employee that doesn't take a benefits package that they're eligible for, that's money that's not getting spent at that time. However, we have to budget for it because in the event of a qualifying event, quote unquote, through the uh, human resources side of things, we have to offer that. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to go back to the towns and say, we need a special town meeting because now we have to pay benefits that we should have budgeted for in the first place. And the other part of that in recent years is that our standard line item that used to be used for new equipment has been changed, has been changed to a line item which is now listed as repair and emergency replacement only. So as a result of that, that's a pool of money that if we don't spend it, it's a good thing. But at the same time, were it earmarked differently, we'd have better spent it. Okay. And with that, is that the Board of Governors? That was fault? a decision. Well, that was, a deci that was a decision ultimately made at budget time okay. between the Board of Governors as well as the individual selectmen's reps that were part of that. Now, this is an issue we've been back and forth and back and forth over for years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Captain Fry mentioned the officer safety issue that came up uh, a few years back over in Wilton. Yes, he did. And part of the reason that happened is a very simple answer, and that is technology. Mm -hmm. Our radio system at the time and right now is not set up to have an emergency button on a portable or on a mobile take priority over a transmission that's already being received. In the case of that particular example, there was an officer talking on the radio for the duration of the time that that emergency signal was going out. So as such, the way our system is set up is it's a voting system. What happens with a voting system is the system listens to what is being heard at each one of our transmit and receive sites and decides which one it hears the clearest and it locks on that signal and it sends us the clearest audio signal it can. Mm -hmm. And what was happening during that time was there was an officer on the road engaged in a fairly lengthy radio transmission um, that completely covered the time period during which the Wilton officer's emergency button was going. So so obviously Had you we, agree that that's a problem. That's absolutely a <laughs> right. problem. But the reason the problem exists is because the upgrades haven't been made. Okay. The upgrades absolutely need to be made. That's not in dispute. You know, Good. One of the things that we have tried for a number of years at MacBase is to present various options at budget season to the Board of Governors and through the Board of Governors back to their boards of selectmen. Bear in mind, our Board of Governors reps are appointed by their selectmen, and they have a unique two-pronged role. Their job is to bring their board's perspective to this table, but it's also to bring MacBase's perspective back to their towns. You know, they are stuck in the spot of advocating for two things at once. Mm -hmm. um, Similar to what we were discussing before we went on the air. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's a very unique role, and it's a challenging one at that. Um, it's politically charged at times and personalities get charged at times. Um, a number of the issues that we've had through the years 
you could definitely trace them back to being personality challenges um, between different boards of selectmen, between different members of the services, whether it's, you know, one of the services that we serve being police, fire, EMS, or whether it's one particular select person's viewpoint comparing to someone else's, whether on their same board or on another town's board. But isn't that, and I'm not going to, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but isn't, didn't you just make an argument that an intermunicipal type setup has its, has its flaws? Oh, it absolutely has its flaws. But at the same time, every single flaw that it has is capable of being corrected. Mm -hmm. We exist because of the IMA. We are governed by the IMA. And at the same time, if you see something that is a problem with the IMA, it is up to the individuals that are part of that to correct it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's there's been much made about how we ran into a very big challenge at the end of 2018. We did not have a signed intermunicipal agreement until December 4th of 2018, whereas the old one was set to expire December 31st. Mm -hmm. The way our budgeting is set up is we were already supposed to have our approved budget in place before that date, by December 1st, and already sent to the towns with the billing numbers. But we couldn't because we didn't have an IMA. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the conversation that went on at that point, the Board of Governors, the three people at this table, had spent a year, literally 12 months, trying to draft an intermunicipal agreement that was agreeable to all parties. Our Milford rep, our Wilton rep, put a lot of time and effort into it. Their individual boards of selectmen put a lot of time and effort into it. The town of Milford spent 12 months saying, well, we're waiting to consider our options. So during that time, they had no input, despite having a voice at the table, despite having ample opportunity to voice their opinion on every single list, listed item as far as the various articles in the intermunicipal agreement. They had opportunities. They chose not to take them. Um, and, and it's difficult because I feel bad putting our board rep at the time on the spot as far as that goes. But when you come to our meetings and say, I don't have any answers to give you from the board of selectmen, that's a failure of, of, of the role. Yeah, no, I agree. So does this bring us up to the, the two Warren articles? Um, not quite. Okay. Not quite. So as we, as we got up to December of 2018 and we finally got an intermunicipal agreement going, you know, I know one of the items that's listed in, in, in the little trifold handout that Milford PD prepared for uh, vote yes on Article 4 you know, has some commentary regarding what happened in December of 2018, uh, where it talks about that, that I informed MPD command staff that unless Milford signed the new IMA proposed by Wilton and Montfernan, Milford would be without dispatch service effective January 1st, 2019 and that this completely ignored the renewal clause in the existing IMA. Eventually, and that eventually was December 4th, a two-year extension of the current IMA was signed. That's correct, in part. Okay. What I informed them of was the letter that was sent by the boards of selectmen from the towns of Mont Vernon and Wilton in November of 2018 that said, We've spent an entire year preparing this intermunicipal agreement. You've given us zero input or guidance. 
the present one is going to expire. The conversation I had with people at that time was that absent an IMA, whether a renewal or a new one, I had no function to send bills to the communities for January of 2019. Nor did I have the ability to pay anyone to work as of January 2019. So, yes, we did need an IMA, but there's no automatic renewal in the IMA. It requires action to be extended. Right. I believe the option's in there, right? But it, it, it is. It requires. But there is no automatic renewal. Okay. You know, in the event that it lapses, we cease to exist. We only exist through that IMA. So without having a signed contract before January 1 of that year, we would cease to exist. We had no method to build the communities. We had no method to pay our staff, nor would I expect anyone to work for free. Now, I believe that has happened before, or we came close, I think, We've in, come in close 2008 or nine, or somewhere in that area, I yep. think. Um, prior to my tenure as director, but um, I was here as an employee. I've been here for, since January of 1998, uh, so I've seen a lot of things. Um, prior to my tenure as director, I've worked here for three separate directors before. Um, so I've seen a lot of what went on with the boards. We have had some very good boards. We have had some very tumultuous boards. And part of that's just personalities. Mm -hmm. And part of that is a spirit of cooperation. Um, I've been here when I originally started here, we were six towns. Um, our six towns at that point were Milford, Amherst, Mont Vernon, Wilton, Lineborough, and Greenville, not Greenfield, as Captain Fry incorrectly recollected. Um, those were our six towns. I've been here for six towns. I've been here for three towns. I've been here. Now we're up to, you know, three and a little <laughs> with Lineborough back as a customer for the PD side of things. And, and a lot of the challenges we've had through the years are personality-driven. And that happens whether you're at this table as a board of governors. This also happens if you're downstairs at a board of selectmen. Um, there will always be some personality conflicts. The biggest challenge is the ability to look past them and do what's best for the good of the organization. I, I couldn't agree with you more. <clears throat> so then we come... Are we up to last year yet where the, the selectmen in Milford proposed their own solution? When I say last year, I mean 2019. As far as what ended up on the ballot for 2019? Well, but what proposed before we were on the ballot, right? There was, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I don't have my, my numbers here. There was a, a proposed solution in 2019. Am I remembering correct? That, I, I think there was. That, that, that was the first. And it got changed at deliberative session. Yes, that was, the, that was the first bite at the apple Okay. For, for the proposed Milford Communications Center, which would be a wholly Milford-owned item. Okay. Um, and again, this was 2019, so it wasn't. it's not this voting no. season. We're talking about the previous year. Correct. And that's when, at deliberative session, there was a long debate. Yeah. That was a multi-hour debate, <laughs> and that ultimately came down to the $85,000 study and RFP. Exactly. That got passed eventually. Um, and that was... Again, all those things that led up to us coming to the 11th hour, 58th minute of needing an intermunicipal agreement. Yep, was Because that was the time frame of that. Um, that was the first time I had to go to a selectman's meeting and, and point out to them, 
that we were past all of our deadlines for, for the billing side of things and for getting a new intermunicipal agreement in place, whether it was a new one or an extension of the old one, what have you. And that was the first time I had to actually go to the town of Milford and say, can you please let the other towns, myself, my staff, know what your intentions are? Because we are coming up on December 31st, and like I mentioned, no ability to send a bill, no ability to cut a check for the staffing side of things either. Um, And I want to say that was probably the same Board of Selectmen's meeting that one of the Milford residents asked uh, the then chair of your board of selectmen, uh, Kevin Federico, well, if this Milford communications thing doesn't go through, what's your plan B? And the response was, we don't have one. And, and, and as a taxpayer in one of the member communities, I live in Montfern and I am not a Milford resident. Um, that's, that's a concerning statement of, you know, they, at that point, the advice was it's this is the way it's going to be or it's not going to be at all. And and, and I think that's why you got that big pushback at deliberative session mm-hmm. um, was was that that was seen as being a rather short sighted option. Um, it, it didn't apparently pass the sniff test to your voters, which is why at deliberative there was such lively debate about it. Why a deliberative, you know, the number got changed from 2.4 or 2.5 million. I don't have it in front of me right now. Right, not down right, to the 85,000 that it was. So in other words, though, all past bad blood aside, yep. the system worked up to this point, right? Because the, the voters did say, wait, wait a minute. No, let's get somebody to, to tell us the truth here. Well, at the same time, um, you know, this this latest study from CTA isn't the first study. It isn't the second study. It's the third one. Because the first one was done by Mac Bays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, when, when was this done? 2016, 17? I would have to look back through my records to find okay. you a firm date on it. Um, but contained within our minutes, buried on your website, you will find a report from a company called CDCG. Um, that was done for MacBase that was we had them come in and look at all of our radio equipment and look at all of our coverage challenges for all of our services in all of our towns and we asked them what do we need to upgrade and the answer was everything that's never been a disputed item at all okay but obviously that wasn't done then no, but there were various options provided through my board back to the boards of selectmen as far as what to do. Um, we've done a lot of research through the years. We started back in 2015 with various solutions for the police department side of things. Um, Milford Fire uses a what's called a single-site radio repeater. Um, their single site's located up on Federal Hill right now. Um, and with that, Milford Fire has one spot where if you talk on a portable on the Milford Fire frequency, it goes from your portable to that site. It is rebroadcast from that high point at the higher wattage throughout for the other units to hear. Our present system for 
police fire and EMS other than Milford Fire is not a repeaterized system. What we've always looked at for a goal is to change everything over to a repeaterized system. In that case, like I said, you talk on a portable, it goes from there to the nearest antenna site, and then it rebroadcasts from there with the full transmit power of the fixed base. That is absolutely the best solution mm -hmm. for this area. My goal with that was for a cop on a portable on Nashua Street at the Amherst Town Line to be able to talk to another cop on a portable in Wilton at the Temple Town Line. And neither one of them having to do anything other than pick up the radio on their belt. That's the ultimate goal. Did the CTA report agree with that or disagree with that? Um, every single report has suggested a repeaterized and simulcast system, which is everything okay. that MacBase has repeatedly come back to our board with. For so will both Article 4 and Article 5 give a repeaterized system? Whatever, they're, whatever. They're, they're both designed around that. Okay, um, good. Article 5 has some unique challenges that were added to it at deliberative session this year. Mm -hmm. um, the original number was $1.18 million, and now it's three and a half million dollars and calls for you know various and sundry required other things to be approved by the other towns um, and it, it got changed from what the original intent was um, the original petition warrant article warrant article 5 was done by a citizen here in town who's also a former dispatcher who's also the former head of the New Hampshire Emergency Dispatchers Association Hmm. Um, that was done by Paul Bagley. No, I know um, Paul well. Paul's been a big supporter of MacBase, longtime employee. He's worked for this organization you know, through the years as a Milford dispatcher, a MacBase dispatcher, uh, come and gone from the law enforcement field, come and gone from the political fields, and came back to MacBase later in his career. And this is ultimately where he retired from dispatching out of. Um, it was absolutely done with the best of intentions. I don't well, agree with the changes that were made to it um, at deliberative session where the number was cranked up higher because they threw in a lot of things at deliberative that were not the original spirit of the petition warrant article. Right. Certainly, that's obviously obviously true, right? Um, I, I believe, and I don't want to speak for the people that, that made the change at deliberative, but... I, I believe that the the changes were based on CTA, right? They 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 were based. It seemed on on a number of the numbers out of CTA's okay. study, um, but that included things that weren't included in the original spirit of the petition warrant article. The spirit of the petition warrant article was to fix the infrastructure of the existing Mac base, and uh, one of the things that's mentioned is is as far as ownership um, of the system. Um, Frankly, um, MacBase as an organization does not care in the least who owns a transmitter site, who owns the equipment at it. Um, again, going back to that intermunicipal agreement, there are things that we have here in the dispatch center that are wholly owned by the town of Milford. Um, at the moment, it's just two items. One is the voting system that we talked about um, that decides what transmit site and receive site gets the best audio and brings that back to the console. And the other thing is actually, believe it or not, our furniture. <laughs> um, this goes back to 
those challenges of a board of governors and perspective. Um, these chairs look like they are here since 1970. <laughs> uh, these chairs were actually freebies donated by uh, another organization, the specific furniture that Milford owns is out in the dispatch center area, oh, okay. Okay. not the stuff in my office here. Uh, yeah, these were various and sundry donations from uh, a lot of businesses uh, as they've changed their things or gone out of business and been picked up here, there, and everywhere. Um, we, we've always managed to run things on a very, very lean budget as far as that goes. You know, we, we talked about the money that goes back. And again, the money that goes back is not a sign that we over budget. It's a sign of how well we manage the money that we do have. Hmm. And this is all fascinating stuff. I, I, As I said to you before we recorded, I, I almost wish there was a different, there was more time and we had a different, different um, venue, whatever, mm-hmm. so that we could do a, a history of Mac base and you know, all that. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and and the, the, the problem is we're approaching the election and we need to be able to tell. So, and I'm and I'm not trying to cut you off on anything. Do you, I was having trouble reading what your intentions were. Do you still, do you support Article I know you're not a citizen. Do uh, you think the citizens should vote yes on five? Uh, or, as, or no on both? As presently presented, um, were I a Milford resident, I would vote no on both. No on both. Um, as far as some of the other challenges that go along with Milford going its own way, um, if, if that's the desires of the voters, so be it. Um, if Article 4 passes, it passes. Um, again, we're coming up on the end of an intermunicipal agreement extension. So as it is, my Board of Governors is still tasked with figuring out what happens before the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's going to happen next week, which is obviously well, a and that, huge and that's impact. The, that's going to be the biggest driver. Right. Um, in the event that something passes in the town of Milford, that's going to change the landscape. In the event that nothing passes in the town of Milford, that's going to change the landscape too. Um, honestly, I've, I'm a strong believer in centralized regional communications. Um, despite the fact that I've been here for 22 years, I've also worked jobs on the other side of the radio. I've been a cop. I've been a fireman. I went back to being a cop recently. I'm presently working up in Mont Vernon as a part-time officer. Um, But I I understand how it works from the other side of the radio. Mm -hmm. The most important thing with regional communications is the fact that your backup is listening to what you're doing. And that applies across the emergency services, police, fire, EMS, um, it's a biggie, especially if you work in a town where there's only one person on duty. Um, you know, things, oh, yeah. have, things have changed a lot. Uh, the last time I was a cop before now was 23 years ago was the first time I was a cop and just got back into it in 2019. Um, and things have changed a lot. But at the same time, some things haven't, which is if you're in a small town, you know, primarily things are designed around the old Texas slogan of one riot, one ranger. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of times that you're working without a net. But with regional communications, there is a safety net. And that's the fact that somebody else knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I've always been a very, very big believer in regional communications. Um, I love the idea of having four towns worth of cops on the same show. At the same time, being a cop on there, 
I really wish I could hear all four towns of them at the same time. So yes, despite the fact that we're all on the same channel, a cop on the road in Mont Vernon can't necessarily hear what a cop on the road in Milford is doing. Mm -hmm. Through the wonders of technology and the mobile data terminals in the cruiser, thankfully, we can see what's going on. We can see what calls they're at. We can actually read their calls that they're at. You know, we can look at it and go, oh, that's looking like it might get a little hairy. Maybe I'm going to start creeping towards the town line, just in case. Um, so we have made some technological advances through the years. Mobile data terminals in the cruiser, huge one. Bringing all four of our police departments onto a common um, system where they can look at each other's calls as they're going on. Absolutely enormous. A wonderful, wonderful opportunity. At the same time, it's great for guys who are command staff for these same agencies. You log into your dispatch terminal, you can watch what your department's doing all day long, even if you're in the middle of three or four other things where you have to make phone calls and have conferences, and you have to turn down that scanner in your office so, you cannot, so you're not listening. You can at least glance over at the screen and see what your guys are doing right now. You can see what they were doing 12 hours ago. You can see what they're doing at any given moment. It's a huge boon to law enforcement and has been a giant step forward. But like I said, part of the challenge, I really want all those cops to be able to hear each other all the time. Yep. Because no. the way it's designed right now, if a cop on a portable is talking to another cop on a portable, nothing owned by MacBase enters that equation. Right. Um, so, yes, there's equipment problems that happen, and not all of them can be traced back to my aging equipment. <laughs> that's um, fair. That's fair. One, one, one of the mentions that's been made is, you know, this talks about getting radios in your DPW trucks here in mm -hmm. Milford. Right. And that's one of the things included in Article 4. Mm-hmm. The reason there's no radios in your DPW trucks is because you've bought trucks for the past 10 years and not put radios in them. So they would have, if there were radios in there, everything would have been fine? Is that what you're saying? Uh, you still are licensed on the same low-band frequency for public works that's used at this moment by Wilton and Mont Vernon that's used successfully by each of them. Hmm. Um, DPW communications is a lower priority than our police ones and so forth, and, and it has been that way historically. Um, yes, in recent years, there's, there's been a change afoot to recognize the fact that public works guys do serve emergency functions too. Um, you know, we have a big windstorm. We have anything. We need those guys to come out and close roads. We need the water department to come out and fix water main breaks and sewer problems and stuff like that. And it's finally been acknowledged in recent years. Yes, these municipal employees do have an emergency function too. And as such are first responders um, by, by definition. But not having radios in the trucks is the reason your DPW doesn't have radio communications. Um, we still operate two transmit sites for the public works, one right here at the town hall, the other one up at the Mont Vernon fire station. Um, between the two of those, we have the ability to hear you, but you don't have the ability to talk to us because you don't have radios in your trucks. And that's something that over the past 10 years, I don't know if it was a cost-cutting measure or what. When each of those new trucks came, they didn't put a radio in it. Hmm. Hmm. No, I didn't know that. That's interesting in and of, in and of itself. All right. Um, so was there anything else you can think of that you wanted to cover that 
we didn't. Well, as, as far as the Warren articles go, like I said, uh, were I a voter in Milford? Personally, I wouldn't support either one. Um, yes, I still think that regional communications is the way to go. Um, the towns of Montfernan and Wilton have publicly stated if Milford goes at their own, they're not interested in being a customer um, of the town of Milford. No. But if, if we had to wait another year mm-hmm. for another solution, mm-hmm. isn't that... I mean, I don't want to be dramatic, but aren't we putting the safety of people at risk? You are, but at the same time, I don't know if this comes back to the same thing that happened last year, where the voters looked at it and said, there has to be a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, in the event the voters agree with keeping the entity that is MacBase in place, no one both is the short version to it. Um, Article 5 was changed sufficiently at deliberative session that I, that I think they lost the initial spirit of it and bogged it down in unnecessary ways. Um, yes, it was a grand gesture um, by one citizen to put it together and by 28 or so, as I recall, people that signed it to oh. get it on the ballot in the first place. Um you know, one of the comments that was made to me at that time was, you know, that's almost 10 times as many people as put Article 4 on the ballot because only three of your five selectmen actually put that one on the ballot. I suppose that's fair. I suppose that's fair. Um, but that's the process. That's the way it works. That's Indeed, tr- that, it is. That's true with, it, with, with any warrant article or in yeah. any petition warrant article. Uh, but that's a fair point. Um, I, I did want to touch on some more of the things that were listed in, in the trifold pamphlet that sure uh was put out you know paid for by private donations but done by the milford police department as far as the the vote yes on four um you know i know there's a number of things in there that people had questions on and so forth um i and and i did want to speak to a couple of the commentaries that were made in it um one section goes through ownership and and we touched on this briefly even though Milford would pay 71% of the cost for capital equipment purchases, all equipment would be owned by MacBase. Not necessarily true. Again, the IMA provides for individually owned equipment to be provided for the use of MacBase. So that's a little misleading as far as that goes. Um, would be locked into a long-term five-plus-year IMA or forfeit any asset ownership. Again, in the event that you want to own your equipment, feel free to own it. If you want to provide it for the usage of MacBase, that's fine. The only thing I have asked ever, as far as individually owned equipment goes, is that we have one person who gets to make the decision of, yes, it needs maintenance and can make that phone call. Mm -hmm. In the event something breaks, I want to be able to call the vendor that services it and go, this needs to be repaired right now. That's all. I don't want to have to start with me, go back to my Milford board rep who has to then bring it back to the Milford board of selectmen who has to wait for their next meeting to make a decision. That's something that, that wouldn't work as far as that goes. So the only thing I've ever asked as far as commonly, as far as individually owned equipment, so long as it can be maintained in an expeditious manner, that's never, ever been a problem for us. Um, it does, it again, in that same ownership section talks about the two smaller member towns contribute 29%, but have 50% voting rights. 
This frequently results in decision deadlock, blocking ideas to keep MacBase manageable and progressing with the times. Uh, yes, I have a three-member board with four votes, which is probably in some ways the worst of both worlds um, because it does lead to a deadlock. At the same time, when it was when the IMA was changed, when Amherst left and Milford became the lion's share contributor, the idea of giving them two votes uh, was originally proposed on financial matters, was understood that way despite the fact it wasn't actually written that way, and then everybody realized at some point, no, this actually gives Milford two votes on everything. Um, yes, it absolutely has resulted in deadlocks. Um, and it has resulted in the reasons we haven't made those upgrades that we talked about from 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 that were proposed at this table. Because when the proposal was made to come up with a multi-year approach for replacing all of the equipment for... And when I say equipment, I mean the transmit stuff at MacBase, at our antenna sites. I do not mean a radio in a cruiser. I do not mean a portable on a hip. I do not mean a pager on a fireman. I don't mean any of that equipment. All we're dealing with here is the infrastructure, whether it's physically attached to a tower, whether it's physically located in the dispatch center, um, and, and we had worked on comprehensive plans. And one of the things that we were told here at MacBase by our Board of Governors was, well, no one's going to pay $1.3 million. No one's going to pay $1.4 million at a single whack. Let's come up with phased approaches. And we did present a number of those to our Board of Governors to bring back to their selectmen, for their selectmen to consider to come back to their Board of Governors rep to bring that information back to MacBase. To make decisions. And yes, we have absolutely resulted in deadlocks and lack of progress because of that. We've had times where um, various reps have said, okay, what's the first step in this? And that was one of the times back in 2015 that we came up with the idea. Uh, we had two separate ideas. Um, one was to come up with a single site radio repeater for the PD and uh, start the initial one in Milford and to expand it out one town per year until we brought all four PDs back to a common frequency. Um, because yes, our police chiefs did decide we don't all want to be on different channels. Mm -hmm. Okay, that decision was made and we went from there. During the same time, um, a suggestion was made for the towns to utilize the surplus funds returned by MacBase to investigate in-car repeaters which is one of the things that CTA came up with as being a best-case option for and, the town. And didn't Mont Vernon do that? If I uh, Mont Vernon and Lineborough, we both use uh, in-car repeaters. Um, they are definitely a boon for us. Um, you know, Some of the initial pushback from Melford is actually listed in the interview that CTA did with uh, Chief Viola. Mm -hmm. uh, Chief Viola was opposed to using in-car repeaters at the time that CTA interviewed him. Hmm. So part of that is, you know, the technology changing. Part of that is educating your consumer. Um, you know, the in-car repeaters are utilized by agencies small and large throughout the country. Um, you know, the various city police departments use them. And again, if you're talking about times where you're going to have 
a call on one block and a different cop on a different call 200 yards away at another house. The system can be designed to discriminate what it's doing. Do you know why Chief Iola was opposed to them? Uh, I, I don't know his his full opposition to it. I don't know if that goes back to his time in Florida um, and experiences that he had had with them there or whether it was anecdotal evidence from um, other chiefs or where they came from. You'd actually have to ask him about that directly. Um, but yes, uh, the in-car repeaters have been a very big boon uh, for Mont Vernon police, and I, and I speak to that as a Mont Vernon cop as well as as a dispatcher here listening on this end of the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been great in Lineborough, uh, especially in Lineborough where you consider that the closest antennas we have to their town are located in Mont Vernon and Wilton. Um, and yet we managed to cover a pretty big geographical area over there. Um, and in part, it's going, again, because that portable on the officer's hip is now transmitting from something bigger of mm-hmm. higher wattage. It's going from the transmission that officer makes on a portable is going from his portable to his mobile radio, and it's being rebroadcast from that mobile radio <coughs> at a higher wattage um, than would be possible from there. Um, but yes, uh, MacBase requires a spirit of cooperation, which has been definitely challenged through the years, and it has ebbed and flowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had times it worked great. We've had times it's worked poorly. Um, I, I, I think, like we talked about with regional communications, there's a required spirit of cooperation um, by everybody that needs to be uh, embraced, whether you're the big town or the small town, uh, whether you have two votes or one vote, whether you're paying 71% of the bill or 11 Yep. As we go through the ownership section, it, it does talk about you know, it says Mac-based management is ineffective and inadequate, particularly in finance and human resources oversight. Well, I would submit that that statement is on its face misleading um, and patently false. Um, the question becomes, what Mac-based management are you referring to? Are you referring to me or are you referring to my board of governors? Yes, there have been challenges on the finance side of things. Um, There's commentary made in here regarding surplus that unintentionally built up at MacBase over a number of years. Um, Our annual reports, the the financials, those go back to every one of my board reps. Those go back to every one of my towns. Uh, Yes, Captain Fry is my Milford board rep, is the one who found it. Okay, Captain Fry takes that information, provides it back to the town who provides it to a finance department, who provides it to a town administrator, etc. There have been plenty of eyes that mm-hmm. have been on these things that missed it. Um, myself, I don't come from an accounting background, but one thing I can tell you, every single penny we had has been accounted for. Mm-hmm. Not a penny of it's been misspent. So I, 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 I do take umbrage at that statement. Um, as, as far as human resources oversight, I, I, I'd love to know what that's regarding. Um, my door's open. My phone's on. Uh, every single department head in every single town knows how to contact me directly. And at the same time, you also got Board of Governors reps. And so, yes, again, the next line down talks about the surplus. We didn't misspend any of it. Yes, it did unintentionally accumulate 
through a bookkeeping error of the accounting firm that we used uh, to prepare those reports. Since then, we have a full and rather expensive and extensive audit going on uh, for 2018 that's just being finished up, uh, which is going to show you we didn't misspend any of your money, and if it's yours, it's coming back to you. vast majority of it already has. Like I said, we've handed back a quarter of a million dollars just to the town of Milford over mm. the past 10 years. Um, one of the challenges in our intermunicipal agreement that absolutely should be addressed, that was attempted to be addressed with a new one, is capital reserves. We can't have them. To be able to put those things away, to be able to make these large repairs, to be able to plan for them <clears> in advance, absolutely reduces tax impact. Uh, I agree. The town of Milford uses them extensively. Yep. Uh, some of the towns use them extensively. Um, town of Lineborough uh, is actually a great example of a small town using them. Um, now they have, I think the number they have this coming year is about $200,000 in, in required DPW equipment that needs to be replaced. That's ultimately going to have no tax impact because they've been putting away a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there over the years through those capital reserves. So I didn't, I didn't realize you weren't able to do that. You're also not able to bond money, or or did that change? Um, I, that is one, one that can be changed again be in the changed. IMA. Okay. Um, at the same time, the state law changed as far as uh, multi-town bonding goes. So okay. the towns themselves can do a multi-town bond um, as far as that goes. There are options as far as the funding side of things for correcting some of the shortcomings of the IMA. And that's one of the things that, regardless of what happens with the voting in Milford, has been a long-term goal of mine since the first time I renewed the intermunicipal agreement here, you know, was the ability to look forward, be forward-thinking on some of these things, and, and to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so continuing on there, it does talk about, unfortunately, many of the quote-unquote political issues are self-inflicted. Yep. That is absolutely true. But I will also say... It works both ways. It does work both ways. There, there, there are three chairs at this table, occupied by one member of each town, and yep, go back and look at that deadlocked issue again. The idea around having four votes and three members was originally thought to be everybody needs a buddy. So it meant that you couldn't accomplish something without having some agreement at the table. Mm-hmm. So, in spite of the challenges that four votes is, um, it was designed around a spirit of cooperation. So, in the event that our town with two votes wants to accomplish something, they need to convince at least one of the other towns this is a good idea. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a 75 25 vote, not a 50 50 vote. Mm-hmm. So, yes, a lot of those politics are absolutely self-inflicted, and again, a lot of it goes back to being personality-driven. If people can get past some of the challenges there and work cooperatively, it works brilliantly. And it's the most economical option. I do have another question on Article 5, even though I know you said that at least you personally. Well, has the Board of Governors taken up a position on that? The Board of Governors has not taken a position on it. But personally, you you wouldn't support it? Um, As as it is currently on the ballot, absolutely not. Okay. Um, My my question is just because the voters are going to have this question. Uh, um, 
the uh, I, and I don't have it in front of me, but whatever whatever it is, two point three million or three. Uh, Article five. Article no four. Four is two point four. Two point four total or Milford. Milford's piece. Um, it's it's only Milford's piece for Article four. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right, because that's what I mean, I'm getting at five. You're right. You're right. Yes, that, Article five. You know what I was getting at. Yes, Article right. five is is three and a half million dollars for Milford of a total five million dollar plan, if I recall correctly. It, it, it's yeah, an astronomical number. So, but but because the voters are going to be reading this question, this they is need exactly and, how it's and written. They need need to make a decision. It, it is true that the the difference. Whatever that is to it's whatever one point one mil one point one difference between the two just on the Milford cost. Okay, but whatever the difference is would have to be made up by the other towns. Oh, that one on Article Five, the difference between the Milford cost and the total cost is one point four million dollars. Okay, right. And, and um, I speaking as a a Montfernan taxpayer, and and b as a person who's lived in the area. And, and experienced local politics, um, the the idea of thinking that the towns of Wilton and Mount Vernon are going to come up with $1.4 million of a plan they didn't write is insane. Well, that was kind of my point. My, my point was to try to point out that if someone were to, and I know you don't, if someone were to support Article 5... Article 5 also has caveats attached to it. It, it requires the other towns to come up with theirs before anything happens. Right. So, ultimately, um, there is no way that I, in good conscience, either as a okay. taxpayer or as a person presently running your emergency communications, could, in good conscience, support Article 5 at all. Okay. Um, as far as some of the other challenges that have been mentioned um, with upgrading MacBase, one of the things that, that came up was uh, the NFPA standard, NFPA 1221. Yes which talks about requirements for the security of a dispatch center and so forth as far as its construction and so forth. Bear in mind that 1221 was written long after MacBase existed on the fourth floor of your town hall. Mm -hmm. um, it's designed around a number of things from the security side of things, from the HVAC side of things, and so forth to, to ensure communications are, are durable and so forth. Um, no, MacBase has never asked the town of Milford to do a multi-million dollar modification of Town Hall because of NFPA 1221. Um, your fire department, your fire inspectors have fully been cognizant of what 1221 is and what it would call for to meet the standards of it because they're ultimately the ones who have to do the inspections for it. They're your fire inspectors. You know, They do some of your building inspection tasks too as a result of that um, but the, the argument as you know is that you're currently grandfathered but if there was renovations done up here you would no longer there, be is that not true in your there, eyes there there's a question um the way 1221 is written is if you upgrade if you update renovate 40 percent or more then you need to come into compliance the question that's never been answered to me nor has it ever been brought to me is what would constitute 40%? Because is that 40% of physical space as far as square footage? Is that 40% in 
as far as financial value? Is that 40% of, of what? And that's a question that would be a great question to ask Chief Flaherty uh, and Captain Smedic over at the fire department mm-hmm. because ultimately they're the ones who got to deal with the inspection requirements. Um, would I have any opposition to MacBase as an entity physically moving? Absolutely not. Um, the space we're in right now, we lease from the town of Milford at a very generous discount. Um, we pay the town of Milford $3,000, of which you're paying 71% of, so $2,700 of that is yours in the first place. A month? No, a, a year. year. We only pay $3,000 a year wow. for our rent here, which just makes sense because, again, you're just taking money out of one pocket. It does. It, in the it does. Um, but it's a good deal. It's a great you, deal. You got a lot of space up here. It's a great deal. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, um, we don't ask a lot for it either. Um, our electricity, our HVAC systems, our generator, those are wholly owned and paid for by MacBase. So we're not adding to the heating bill for Town Hall. We're not adding to the air conditioning bill for Town Hall. We're not adding to the electrical cost for Town Hall. We're paying those things ourselves. Okay. Um, so... Though we get, you know, like I said, a significant discount on the on the rent here, it, again, it's just money coming from one hand going back in the other. So that's that's the magic of municipal accounting, which I don't pretend to be an expert in. Good. All right, can you think of anything else you wanted to say? I don't want to cut you off. I want you to be able to say what you want to say. We covered quite a bit here. I think. Uh, we did. We did cover quite a bit. Um, long and the short of it, um, I have no problem with the idea of individual communities wanting to improve things. Milford Fire is a great example of that. They were the first fire department to go to a high band system off of the old low band that we had. And at the time they said, this is something that we can do within our budget. And it's something that they have us utilize here at MacBase. Um, and it works well for them. You know, we've had times where Milford Fire has done really long distance mutual aid. Um, I think off the top of my head, the longest one I recall is either Candia or Raymond. Really? Uh, yes, which those are two communities a fair distance away mm-hmm. and crystal clear communications from the fire truck back to Mac Base when they were signing out over there. Crystal wow. clear. Amazing. Were there regional repeaters or something or that came no, right? No, that literally was transmitted from the engine to Federal Hill. Wow. <laughs> and it's crystal clear. And that's just a single site repeater. The goal that we've talked about here at MacBase has always been multiple sites, all of them transmitting at the same time. Um, so that when a dispatcher at MacBase keys the radio, a tower lights up in Milford, Mount Vernon, Wilton, all at the same time, the same message gets broadcast off of all of those at 75 to 100 watts, depending on licensing as we change things. Um, and every single cop, fireman, ambulance attendant, public works guy on the road here's the exact same message at the exact same time with the best signal possible the way our system's currently set up if my dispatcher wants to talk to a mont vernon unit he's going to transmit off the radio physically located in mont vernon which means again that wilton cop down at the greenville town line isn't necessarily going to hear that as clear on the police side of things again we have the laptops that's a big blessing uh, as far as knowing what's going on in the other agencies. But the goal is multiple sites all transmitting at the same time. My issue with Article 4 is it moves Milford, all of Milford communications, 
to a single site. Um, and that's not so much a security concern as it is any kind of catastrophic concern, weather, whatever. In the event you lose your one site, you've lost everything. In the event you have two or three or four or five sites linked by microwaves, linked by um, fiber optics, you have backups, mm -hmm. you have redundancy. And that's one of the goals I've always been a big fan of here. So where I have multiple transmit sites, if I lose one, I still have all the others. If you only have one and you lose one, you now have zero. That's an issue. Mm -hmm. That's my one big gripe with Article 4. Um, in the event that tower goes up, which Captain Fry mentioned is a related but separate issue. As the AT&T tower you're talking the about. The AT&T yeah. tower, right. you know, being a related but separate issue. Um, in the event that Milford Communications doesn't exist, but that that tower goes up and Milford, the town, wants to put equipment on it, there's already fiber optic cable going from Town Hall to Milford PD. Mm -hmm. So in the event that becomes an available transmit and receive site for MacBase, we would absolutely love to be able to use that. Um, the stuff through FirstNet is a great boon to communities. We were one of the agencies that did initial pilot tests on FirstNet before the contract was ever awarded to a cell vendor. We worked with a tiny little company out of Nashua, New Hampshire that came to us and said, hey, we're interested in bidding on this. Are you interested in helping us do some testing? And we did. And we gave them the most geographically challenging town we have to do it in. We gave them Wilton. <laughs> which did prove to be a bit of a technological nightmare for them, but ultimately helped FirstNet come up with some of the standards of what they're looking for and what AT&T has been tasked with. Good. Good. That sounds great. All right. You think you think we're done? I think we might have hit everything. All right. But, yeah, um, the short answer is I don't support either warrant article as they're presently written. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us and, and giving us your your thoughts on this topic. Well, if there's anything else it comes back to you or that any of the public have questions on, uh, I'm not hard to find. Uh, I'm pretty sure my email address is listed right on your town's website. All right. Perfect. Thank you again to Jason Johnson for joining us today to share his perspectives on this very important topic. Our theme music today was written and composed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or most major podcasting apps. You can also stream directly from the Granite Town Media podcast page at milford.nh.gov slash community media. As always, we welcome any and all feedback or comments that you may have for future episodes. We invite you to go to Granite Town Media's Facebook page or leave us a comment on our podcast page at soundcloud.com. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us for another episode of Inside Milford. <laughs>